Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bankston Family Fun Time. My name is Cody Bankston. I am your host and not Game Master this time around. For anybody who listens to our flagship podcast, Doves and Demons, uh, you've probably gotten pretty sick of hearing my voice all the time. No, this time, my brother Nick will be in the Dungeon Master seat for us because that's right, folks. We are playing Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This is a campaign that we released a soundbite for a while back, and I'm sure that all 15 of our listeners have been waiting with bated breath for us to get this podcast out there. Well, it is here, folks. You can rest easy. This is Lethal Lessons, named as such because our cast of characters are uh, students at a secret school of assassins uh, in the city of Sharn, which is set in Eberron, which is one of the uh, realms of Dungeons & Dragons which is owned by Wizards of the Coast. For anybody who plays Dungeons and & Dragons and is not familiar with Eberron, definitely check it out. It's a very cool setting to host your campaigns in. We are digging this, this campaign that we're doing with Nick a lot. Uh, we're very excited to uh, release it for y'all to uh, listen. Again, my name is Cody Bankston. I will be playing Quaklin Tallstag, a, a teenage shapeshifter. My father, Gary, will be playing Slingblade a uh, war-forged uh, artificer, my uh, good friend, my best friend, not even good friend, come on, I'm selling him short, my best friend Robert will be playing Isabella, the uh, human uh, sort of outlander character. She doesn't talk much. <laughs> and um, last but not least, my mother will be playing the character of Bari the pirate. Uh, you'll be meeting our cast of characters as we're showing up to Kybeer's Kiss academy on our for our first day of class my brother nick the dungeon master does a great job of uh you know doing the world building and explaining to us you know sort of the, everybody's backstory for all the non-player characters so you know you'll if you're not quite sure what you're getting yourself into yet don't worry about it too much uh you know because quite frankly neither did we <laughs> so uh you know just sit back relax uh, and enjoy our uh, dice-rolling shenanigans. I will talk to you at the end of the episode. We open up on a, on a kind of great, drizzly day in Sharn, the, the largest city in Eberron. Overcast, there's a slight rain. Basically like a fantasy-heavy version of the city from the fifth element, but built very, very vertically. There's lots of, like, flying animals and, like, magical sky cabs kind of floating around. So why don't we start off with, let's just do an initiative roll to figure out who who kind of gets to town first. <laughs> I think my ship's going to be delayed. <laughs> the one thing I didn't fill in on my character sheet was an age. How old do you think we're supposed to be, approximately? Yeah, I mean, you're you're. there's not, like, classes, like, freshman, sophomore, but, like, you guys are new recruits, basically. So, like, I'm picturing, yeah, like... And anywhere from like it's it's also pretty race dependent teachers to to young adults. You're you're a typhling, so you age basically like at a human speed. So yeah, I'm picturing somewhere like thirteen to twenty, somewhere in that range. And we'll start off, you know, at the down at the lightning rail station in Lower Memphis. It's kind of where where most people like, unless you're arriving by, you know, like, air coach or something, then you'd probably be landing in the upper city. So, Quaglin, tell us how you you arrived to the city. You would have arrived on, like, the nicer part of the train. Whoever purchased his uh, train ticket, you know, was able to get him to the 
get him to the city in, in, you know, comfort and luxury. He has not really been to Sharn before. Hasn't really been to a lot of places before. I mean, he's just like a pretty, just like human male. I guess I envision him being like 15 or 16. What's his name again? Quaklin. Yeah, what, is, what does he look like? Just like, yeah, he's, he's just a human male. <laughs> just a human male. <laughs> I mean, I didn't put too much thought into it. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, he, his family is, you know, somewhat wealthy, so he was pretty taken care of. More of, like, an indoor kid, so not, like, super uh, so a athletically wuss. inclined. Dirty is what I would say. Was that sufficient? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Quaken kind of like gets off the the train off one of the boarding off one of the like nicer cars. Probably like even had a bad or everything because you were coming from Andar, right? The the kind of magical kingdom. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the kind of the kingdom to the north. Yeah, but he kind of like gets off the train and is he wearing like a like a dark cloak? I mean, I know. Yeah, I mean he'd be dressed in like you know somewhat nicer clothes. I think. Picture him like pulling out a. Out his acceptance letter to Kyber's kiss from his pocket, and he looks at it and kind of reads it, reads it over again, probably for you know maybe the maybe the twentieth time at this point. But it just kind of has some some vague directions to the school over uh, in the the. Uh, let's see. So yeah, if you're right by Lightning Rail, you sh- you're coming in over in Tavix Landing, uh, Lower Tavix Landing, this this kind of neighborhood. The directions kind of direct you over here to middle dura the kind of the west side of town the old city the city the the part of town you're in is very much like commerce heavy it's kind of like one of the main trading hubs for the town so there's lots of merchants like trying to like it's very cosmopolitan like part of town there's all kinds of races i mean you're seeing like orcs from droam and elves from valinar and like a very diverse part of town Lots of, very busy, lots of things going on. People don't don't got time to just sit and chat. They're really like very much like trying to conduct business. So um yeah, so how do you want to get over to the to the west side of town? Are you just gonna hoof it? I feel like you're Yeah, I mean I think he's from... just gonna walk and do some good people watching along the way. Maybe take public cool. transit. <laughs> yeah. Hop on the train. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. They have like, just trolleys like going through town and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're able to hop on one of those and they're they're pretty cheap. It only takes a couple of copper to ride to ride on the public transit. And, uh, obviously it's free to walk, so it takes you a little little bit longer to get over to Middle Dura, but eventually you end up in this side of town. Dura is kinda like the old city. Uh one second. Middle Dura. Yeah, so this neighborhood is pretty like middle class, moderately priced. Uh, you, you walk past a kind of a large bazaar, like the Bazaar of Dura is one of the largest commercial districts in all of Sharn. Lots of permanent shops and smithies, uh, but then also lots of like more temporary tents set up selling stuff. In the letter, the first part, like the first initiation test for the school is being able to sur- like find it. So why don't you give me a survival roll? I was wondering if I could just make a general intelligence check to try and decipher the letter. Yeah, that works. Cool. I am proficient in that, so I'll go ahead and roll an investigation check. You kind of just break down the riddles surprisingly quick. I mean, you said you're an indoor kid, so I imagine, like, riddles are not exactly new to you. You end up in a neighborhood known as Rattlestone. It's kind of one of the... One of the poorer neighborhoods, Middle Dura, a lot of tenements and that kind of stuff. You're kind of like in the interior, so like lots of like magical gas lanterns keeping everything lit in like the the alleyways and roads you're walking on. So it's like you're in the middle, the interior of the middle city, so you're not looking up at the sun or anything like that. And eventually, like you turn down one dark alleyway and uh, you kind of stop at a, a pretty nondescript door between two buildings. 
and you look up and above it, uh, just a very small sigil, but it's got two K's on it, one like facing, like the first one's facing backwards and the normal one's a normal K. You kind of, you open the door and step into the shadows. Bum, bum, bum. So next up is Sling Blade. How are you getting to town? Are you also on the lightning rail? Actually, I thought I was already there. I thought I was in town because of the prince. So tell us your story. Okay. To Slingblade, she's a teenage warforged, and of course, uh, she just comes into awareness at her birthday party. She's like surrounded by people congratulating her because she's going to get to go to, to Kyber Kiss. It's uh, so awesome to be that. She's getting lots of pat on the backs from people and just telling her how great she is. And, and, and they uh, give her some presents, and those presents are mostly money and oil. One thing she gets is a little gear locket she puts on her neck. And she's just standing there, and, you know, she's just uh, about five six, and she's all metal, just metal as fuck. And her, her eyes are any color she wants. Her hair's kind of fakey. It sort of could be anything, too. Wearing a wig? Well, <laughs> or does she have, a, like, warforged hair? It's more <laughs> like warforged hair. Kind of come and go in some ways. Just like, huh, thank you. And she's, uh, they just give her some money and kind of shove her out on the street and say, here, you're on your way to Kyber's Kiss. She doesn't really know too much about herself. So just beware of the dark side is what uh, one of them cautions. She doesn't know what the hell that means. Because so, she doesn't know very much. So she kind of tried to find Kyber Kiss since nobody really told her much of anything. And she's just on the street. And, and she notices this very large red minotaur who's naked. Just being kind of young and foolish, she says, Sir, uh, I'm looking for Kyber's Kiss, and you look really trustworthy. Can you help me out, sir? And he replies, Well, of course, kid. My name's Rack. I'm here for per- public service. I, I'm Glad, glad to help you out. But Rack, and then does he take dump- a dump on the street in front of her, too? <laughs> <laughs> well, she does notice he's kind of buck naked, and a lot of everybody, other people, aren't buck naked. So she kind of notes that. She's going to take an action here in a minute or two after Rack kind of hopefully tells her where Kyber's kiss is. Random Minotaur on the street does not know where the secret assassin school is. That's really <laughs> too bad. <laughs> Did, like, were you not paying attention to Cody's thing where he had to, like, solve a riddle to find it? Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, you just hang a left on Main Street, and it's right there. Like, <laughs> I was hoping to get a freebie. All right, that didn't work. Okay, so she's, just, she's decided after seeing the big giant red minotaur and everybody else, she needs a couple of things. One, she needs some clothes, fashion. She really wants fashion. So she goes, she goes into a fashion store and the the woman comes over and says oh what can i do for you girlfriend you look so metal she's just kind of staring at her and says you know what you need you really need this black and red outfit with some secret pockets so you can get rich sling blades sort of looks like uh, one of harley quinn's outfits she's got the alternating red black outfit on and as she's going down the down the street. The other thing she really decides for some oddball reason that she needs is kitchen magnets. So she wanders into a kitchen magnet store and picks up a lot of cat butts. Except she picks up one Nick Cage 
one that says, not the bees, where they're stinging him on the face for some particular reason. Now she realizes that she's got to figure out where Kyber is. Now that she's properly accessorized, came out of the building, Upper Memphis Plateau, kind of like one of the two central neighborhoods in the city. The, the upper part of the city is obviously like the nicest, where the money in the city is concentrated. Yeah, you turned to look over your back and saw the words like, forge ahead above the thing you're exiting. But yeah, then you went out, did your shopping, and then you do things they sent you off with. It was this letter, a lot of vague descriptions on it. It says you're pretty much new to the world. How are you going to navigate your way over to the school? Let's see. So is there any symbols or anything on the thing? Oh, he's going to do an arcana check. Yeah, I mean, you can do an arcana check to decipher the riddle. Your vision, robot-ish, like scanning over the note, trying to analyze. Get a little more lost. You're, you're still going to make it there eventually, obviously. But find yourself lower Dura, below where you needed to end up in one of the shadiest parts of town. Luckily, you do notice there's a fair amount of word forged here. You don't feel super out of place. You look down at your own body and then look at them. and It's like some of them are dressed like you, just in, in the clothes of the, the squishier races, while others of them are <laughs> eschewing that completely and are just metal and proud. It's a pretty rough and tumble neighborhood. You walk past a bar as a guy gets like thrown out the door in front of you, like lands face down in the street, and they're like, stay the fuck out of here, and you just step over him and keep walking. Take another look at your sheet. I'm going to investigate it this time. <laughs> like, I'm not just going to make you roll until you figure out how to get there. H- how fast do you get there? You, uh, some, like, so who are you asking? The guy on the ground. You happen to know Kyber's kiss? Like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he throws up again. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I, I'm sort of stunned since we're not really supposed to eat or sleep that you can puke. How's that happening? You don't need to, but I'm pretty sure Warforge can ingest food. Don't well, she to. thinks he's an abomination right off the bat. So, you know, apparently some Warforge still still like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> They've been around so, long enough. They've probably seen some things. You start putting together the clues on the invitation with, like, the kind of world around you and make your way back up to, you know, farther up in this city, back to the Rattlestone neighborhood and find find the same entrance that that Quacklin made his way to. Let's see, up next we got Isabella. Isabella, like, I don't know if you would have been able to afford the, uh, <laughs> afford um, the, the So I imagine, I imagine this lightning railroad rolls up. They let all the passengers off, and then they're unloading cargo cars, and when they get to the second one, as soon as they open the door, a little blonde-haired girl just bolts out of it. <laughs> I like it. Just hits the ground running, doesn't stop running, can't breathe anymore. And that's how she introduces herself to the city. Is Isabella a human? Yeah. And I picture um, her just like running, 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 and she like kind of jumps up on this wall, and that's where she pauses, and she's overlooking just like this drop down at the edge of the neighborhood in the middle of the town, and she's just like <laughs> looking over at Sharn, just these buildings that stretch as tall as the sky, and there's all kinds of like, yeah, people like riding drakes around and magical flying ships, and it's just like pretty overwhelming for her at first, because this is Really one of her first interactions with humanity. I mean, obviously you would have had to made it here somehow, but like... It's all too new to her. The smells, the visuals, just ridiculously overwhelming. But once once she got her, her wits back about her, I imagine she would use 
a little bit of insight. She knows this is a secret society, and hiding is kind of one of the things she knows best. But part of her nature, the only reason she's made it this far. And then once she thought she was in the area, I think she would be snooping around trying to find somebody else who had a letter that looked like hers, and then just stalk that person. Check that as a mixture of insight and stealth. Did your father have a name? Or was he no, I didn't name dad. anybody. Very specific not to name anybody other than my character the entire time writing my story. Yeah, part of the scene is little Bella, like, she looks down at her letter, much older than the other two letters. It's not addressed to Isabella, who, what is the name on the invitation? I was honestly picturing it as a secret society, as they wouldn't write names on shit like that. It's secretive, but not that secret. They're personalized invitations uh, to the school. Um, yeah, it is actually written out to Rancoir Dusty. Yep, so she looks down and sees, sees your father's, father's name on the, on the invitation. She, she quickly gathers her wits about her, even in this kind of overwhelming new environment. Quickly to able to kind of figure out the clues, uh, makes her way across town, mainly like sticking to back alleyways, running across gutters and that, staying off the main thoroughfares and out of line of sights. As you make your way to the kind of middle... Middle Dura neighborhood, Bella looks down and she sees what appears to be a person built out of similar components that her home, the, the drunk trawler she grew up driving around in, it looks like parts from that assembled into a person, kind of walking along ambivalently, but she spies down up from, up from a rooftop and recognizes a note very similar to hers, much newer, obviously, and Isabella kind of creeps along and eventually follows robot person until they uh, look up and see see a door and enter that and Isabella kind of dashes in behind her before the door is able to able to close so yeah last but not least we got Barry Bara Bobara to people who don't know me my family rolls in on our pirate ship from the Lazarian Islands and my adopted mother Jerova who is the captain of the ship and her first mate Argo insist on uh, booking the Sharn version of an Uber uh, to get me into Dura, although I don't want them with me at all. We all pile into this. Argo, in addition to my luggage that I'm carting, has given me a parrot in a cage that he has trained as a carrier uh, pigeon. The boat would have pulled up here in Cliffside, kind of like the southwest side of town along the Dagger River. That's uh, the main sea trading entrance to the city. Yeah, like a large elevator that goes from cliffside up to the regular part of the city. The uh, the elevator would basically take you up to Middle Dura. Wouldn't have too far to go from there. So after we get up in the elevator, Bobara Barry is a tiefling, small for his age, and he is a full-on teenager. His mother has paid uh, to get him into this school, and she's very excited about it, but he doesn't want... Argo or Jovara to be with him. So as soon as he can, he tells them, go back to the ship. I'll find my own way. And so he's carting his luggage. money. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy's money. And carting his parrot and trying with his other hand to uh, read his letter to try and get some clues of where he is. As uh, Jorova leaves him, uh, he turns around and realizes he could have used her help, but he's not going to ask for it. So he starts out in the city to look for the school. All right. So how are how are you trying to make your way? How are you trying to decode this letter? 
at first, I think with all the confidence of a 15 year old that I can figure it out fine. And as I look at it, I realize it's really a lot more complex than and a bigger puzzle than I thought it was going to be. And I'm kind of confused. So at first, I'm just going up to people and asking if they know about this school and getting blank looks. So then I take another look uh, at the letter and start to puzzle out the clues because I'm not stupid. And I've been in situations like this before. So I basically am puzzling out the clues and doing an investigation check to see if I can uh, get figure out where the school is. Sounds good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you, you're just staring at this letter for so long. Eventually the parent's like, what? Ross? Yeah. And I tell the parent, I am not sending you back to Argo already to ask. We're in this together if I have to eat you. Not quite the relationship you had with your cat. And his panther? Sigh. Yeah. <laughs> not the relationship you had with Sigh. Much more, much more antagonistic. Anytime you check the food column, you are up. Wandering around Dura. So, like, how is Barry dressed? Barry's dressed pretty, pretty dashingly because he wanted, I wanted to make an impression with my fellow students. And my, and Jerova was also very eager for me to, to look like I fit in with uh, the rich kids in class. So I'm, I'm uh, pretty much a dude. Dressed in the, like, pretty flamboyant. Pretty rich pirate outfit, wandering around the city, um, just pretty lost. And eventually, you like turn down a back alleyway, and there's a couple of dirty humans playing an illegal dice game. And they see you turn around the alley, and they're like, "Oi, what we got here?" Very just instantly. Uh, give me, give me just a charisma saving throw. See okay. how cool you handle this situation. Oh, a little better. <laughs> you kind of you steal yourself at first, and then you recognize the dice game you're playing. It's one like. The guys on your ship used to play, like, your your mother's crew. She didn't want you playing playing the dice game with him. You'd get in some, on some games every once in a while, so you kind of recognize it. And you So, Barry, do you, are you interested in dice game, or are you just going to try to get the fuck out of there? I'll roll a couple, and I'm even willing to lose a little money just to uh, to distract them and get back out of this alley. The first, they're kind of eyeballing you as you, like, roll up and, like, slap your money down. Yeah, money spends, so uh, yeah, they'll let you roll a couple of rounds. So just give me a straight d20 as kind of a luck roll. Ah, yeah, you're, I mean, you win some, you lose some, but you're able to, you know, make a little money and kind of proceed on your way on harm. So you got to imagine you rolling in with like a bit of a coin purse. You know, you leave with it a, a little heavier than even when you showed up. That's good. I'm feeling a little bit more confident now. Being in a, the big city is uh, a new thing to me, but I'm feeling as I leave the alleyway, like I might actually survive if only I could find the school. With, with a little bit more confidence under your belt, you take another look at it. And, yeah, you got a better look at like a feel for the city now, and you're able to make your way to the to the Rattlestone neighborhood as well, and eventually sound, find the, the the door labeled with the two Ks and kind of make your way in. Kind of intros for the characters, and now we'll get into the school. You guys all arrive, uh, like, pretty roughly the same time. Like, there's kind of a deadline. Be there by, like, 9 a.m. Kind of meet in a small lobby area, and there's a, there's a desk with a very stern-looking woman, black and red dress, looking down her glasses at you as you guys kind of all arrive. Letters of admission. We I uh, had mine over. Yeah, so does Quake Woman. Bling Blade goes, uh, here's my letter, and I love your dress. She, Isabella she, she, comes out from around the corner, the shadows, and hands her letter. 
little like thing on her on the desk that says Miss Ivana. She takes the first two, looks at them quickly. All right, proceed through there and looks at the one from Bling and like kind of looks at it, looks out like does kind of a triple take. Proceed a little off her game. Another one, like an older one, gets shoved in her face by this like almost feral little girl, and she looks at that. She eyes this one specifically. Hold, hold here, and she walks through a door behind her desk, and she's gone for just a you know brief amount of time. What's what's Isabella doing? For the most part, <laughs> eyeing up the door behind her in case she has to bolt. Comes out again briefly and sits back down and kind of crosses, like puts her fingers together, and she's like, "You may proceed as well." The headmaster would like to talk to you after after the admissions uh, ceremony. Make your way through the door into this large auditorium. Along both sides of this this area, a lot of other younger students, a lot of other students, kind of like watching you guys walking in, kind of eyeballing you guys. You notice along the the left side, you notice one student, uh, a tall female elf, dressed uh, pretty extravagantly, and she's got a very low cut blouse and large dragon mark on her chest, and she doesn't. Doesn't seem, she seems pretty proud of it, like she's shown it off, and she has a lot of people dressed similar as her, kind of fawning over her. Kind of, you look to the right side, and there's, uh, like, a huge, like, hulking human guy dressed in uh, black and red. Like, similar color scheme to the the receptionist lady that you just saw. Eyeballing you guys all pretty hard, and, like, around him, you know, pretty buff-looking students. A couple of shifters, and, like, a, a half-orc kind of standing around him, they... They appear to be, like, the jockey crowd, the the kind of rich kids uh, of the last group you saw. But then you see some, some shyer students, a gnome wearing some glasses who looks away as soon as anybody uh, makes eye contact with him. He seems pretty shy. There's flamboyantly dressed theater kid hanging out. And then, hey, you notice a couple of more punk punk people. It's a very, it's a diverse high school crowd, I'll say. Kind of, like, eyeballing you guys as you walk in. The four of you kind of, like, march in single file, and there's... Four other students down in front among the stage. You know, it's kind of like a nervous half-elf. Kind of large dragonborn wearing a a skull, like a t-shirt with a skull on it and some obscure, like, band name that none of you have ever heard of. A a disinterested heir to him that might be practiced. The, uh, uh, like a small halfling kind of dressed very, like, in just commoner's clothes. Pretty nondescript. And then uh, you also notice a gargoyle. A smaller gargoyle <laughs> kind of standing down there in front. The four of you walk down and line up next to him, and on the stage you notice like a, a podium there. Do y'all line up down near the front of the stage with the other four? Sure. Yeah, yeah I not? feel like yeah, I feel like I uh, Barry would want to be front and center. Almost the, the minute you guys line up, a gnome. The one thing you notice about this podium is pretty small. It's definitely <laughs> not near elf height. Pretty small little podium, and is. As soon as you guys line up, Gnome, a very serious Gnome, walks out of the side of the stage. Yeah, even though he's tiny, he just radiates this air of, do not mess with this guy. He's dressed uh, pretty pretty plainly, leather jacket, fairly, you know, not a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah, just very serious, and he walks up and, like, stands behind the podium and, like, coughs loudly. The kids uh, along the wall have been talking, but the minute he, like, coughs, they just quiet down completely and just all, like, start paying attention to him. And behind him walks uh, walks out a few other uh, older, older-looking older people. You assume they're part of the staff, some of the teachers. There's a, 
very stern-looking half-orc. A human walks out with, uh, like, a lot of mechanical enhancements. You can see, like, a robot eye and, like, a robot arm prominently on display. Might be some other robot parts, but you can't tell from what they're wearing. There's twitchy dwarf walks out wearing a black robe and like you can see some strange tattoos on on her face that appear to you, you can't tell but you think like maybe that tattoo just moved uh, you're not sure all right so can everybody give me history rolls isabella you have no idea what the next person walks out is it, it kind of looked like you've seen elves before but this one appears to have dark skin um even like quackling like you recognize you know, your parents parents are pretty wealthy, so you've been around. You you recognize a drow who are most common in the uh, southern continent of Zendrick. They're pretty rare. They're not unheard of. They're definitely not like one of the more regular races you see around. You see a drow dressed in a dark robe with kind of a pretty serious look on his face. He walks out. And then also, you recognize it immediately, Barry, because um, they're, they're pretty common in the Lazari principalities. What appears to be a shaunin, which is like a shark shark person. Remember the shark uh, <laughs> that you fought in my last campaign? It's basically one of those. He comes out like dressed in kind of a warrior's outfit with a big great sword strapped to his back. These various kind of people like line up behind the gnome as he gets ready to give his little introductory speech. So everybody kind of quiet down and just snaps their attention to him. He says, uh, welcome new and returning students to the 533rd year at Kybeer's Kiss. It's kind of a, a brief cheer, like some people in the crowd are like, woo! Uh, but they quiet down pretty quickly. He continues on like, right now, out there, across Kovier, the next generation of kings and leaders are learning how to rule over the masses. However, in here, you all will be learning how to bend them to your will how to eliminate them if they do not fall in line. I am Headmaster Quell, head of this prestigious organization. Behind me are several of your teachers, including... So he points to... And I will... I'll have to do this in a second. I forgot to do it before we got started, but I'll put up the information about, like, the, the NPCs as you meet them. He points at the, the half-orc. This is Vice Principal Rosar. You know, my, my right hand, who, uh, you know, oversees a lot of the administration and discipline of the students. Points to the, the human with the mechanical enhancements. He's like, this is Professor Dorian, our, our resident artificer and specialty who will be uh, teaching you uh, mechanics and explosives. Points at the dwarf. He's like, this is Professor L Larzana. She's our, our magical expert and teaches the uh, Eldritch Arts. Points at the drow and is like, this is Elder Shale. Our, our resident poison expert, and then finally points at the shaunin, and like, this is instructor Jean. He uh, teaches combat of, of most types, uh, especially hand-to-hand -hand and, and melee weapons. He's, he'll be the teacher for that. Just a little of the staff. He's like, myself, the other practically present here, and those absent from the stage who you will meet at a later date, we will do our best to teach you every aspect of the deadly arts. Those who learn the lessons best will help steer the course of Ebron from the shadows and help write its history. Those who cannot or will not embrace the teachings of this academy will be ground down and lost among the sands of time. So, that being said, take the rest of the day to get settled in, pick up your textbooks from the library, and get acquainted with the school grounds as well as your fellow classmates. Oh, uh, the, I forgot to mention, the uh, receptionist did hand you guys like little back little pieces of paper. She's like, you will have your, your dormitory assignments hand, like distributed to you already. Tomorrow, classes start promptly half an hour after sunrise, and no tardiness will be accepted. And for you newer students, do not go exploring where you should not be. This campus has various safeguards to keep out unwanted intrusions. And then he, <laughs> um, he's like, 
I will see you all tomorrow. And he basically walks off, like quickly walks off the stage. That was the, the intro to the school. The students have already been admitted to the school. Like they start like dispersing pretty quickly. You can see some of them take another minute to eye the new meat. They, they disperse fairly quickly and you guys can kind of follow after them. The rest of the staff follows the, the headmaster. Rosar, the half-orc vice principal, hops off the stage and walks up to you. Follow me. Headmaster Quell would like to talk to you personally. Going to detention. So do you follow Rosar back to the, the headmaster's office? So, I'm sorry, this is all of us that are getting invited? No, uh, just, no, just, just Isabella. None of the older students are really taking the time to stop and meet meet the new guys. And are you interested in meeting any of the, the new kids? They're they're just as confused as you guys. I want to talk to somebody. So yeah. a sling blade. She would just be yeah. bubbly and lost. So of the four the four other new students, there's the half elf. The dragonborn, the halfling, and the gargoyle. I'm intrigued by the gargoyle, and I walk up and say, "Hi, I'm Bobara. New to the school? Are you new too?" He's like, "Uh, yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody's really, like really talked to me since I got to town yet. I got a got a lot of weird looks so far, which, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he like reaches out his like stony claw. He's like, "Hi, I'm Chip." Chip. <laughs> yep. Chip. Gargoyle named Chip. Hi, Chip. My name's Bobara, but you can call me Bari. Like, yeah, yeah, you you can call me Chip. The only name I got. <laughs> Chip, are you from the city? No, no. I just got here this morning. It's pretty pretty wild place. No, I'm from uh, Droam, which is the uh, like kind of the unofficial orc kingdom just west of Brayland. Like, it's led over by a uh, ruled out over by a like trio of super powerful hags made up a lot of more of the like the bestial races like lots of orcs and ogres and trolls kind of live out in that kingdom pretty savage place i don't know pretty sure i'm the first gargoyle to go to this school were you invited if you're not a legacy if you're if your people haven't been to the school before whoa 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 i mean just because like we're gargoyles and shit doesn't mean our money doesn't spend (laughs) (laughs) right off the bat just because I'm not dressed extravagantly as some people here, like he looks down and he, like he's not wearing clothes. He's just a gargoyle. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to offend. Just curious. Yeah, maybe me. Maybe I'm just sensitive. Like like I said, a lot of people have been staring since they got here. Coming from a savage land, it's a little place called Grimstone Keep. Need to need to be savage to survive. So I'm just yeah, hoping to hoping to learn. Me too. Turn and follow the other students towards the the dormitories, which is there where they were all heading to get settled in. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Can I just get like the like, the general personas of, like, each of the characters again, in addition to their race. Of the other new students? Yeah, I remember you said, like, didn't you say, like, the halfling looked just kind of, like, nervous and twitchy or something? Yeah, very nervous, kind of half-elf, like, confident and at least maybe feigning disinterest, like a, a dragonborn. He's the one wearing, like, the skull t-shirt. Like, very quiet, calm halfling dressed in commoner's clothes. He looks pretty pretty nondescript. And the half-elf? What is, like, what is the vibe of him and, like, his socioeconomic uh, status? <laughs> Give me, yeah, perception or insight. Okay, I'll do insight. Ooh! Kind of middle. Uh, you recognize just the, the kind of way she's dressed. Appears to be Syrian in nature. She might have been from the kingdom of Seir before it was destroyed in the in the Day of Mourning. And she seems to be just not super extravagantly. Yeah, like, nice enough. Okay. Yeah, did you want to talk oh, to anybody? Yeah. Can I use perception check to see who might be most willing to talk to me? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, nailed it. Well, as you were looking around, you realize you didn't see any other Warforged among the older students. <laughs> Dude, and you, you, overheard, um, you overheard Chip mention that 
he thought he was the first gargoyle to get admitted to the schools. Maybe he would be the the best, the least weirded out to talk to you, also considering his strange nature. So she kind of bounces as much as a big piece of as a piece of metal can bounce over. Oh, hi! Overheard your name's Chip. My name's Slingblade. How do you like my like, How do you like my rides? And she shows off her new sneakers. <laughs> I, I didn't have any clothes when I arrived either. I, I, I'm I'm trying to decide whether I want to wear clothes or not. How do you feel about it? So you're talking to Ch- you're asking Chip these questions? Oh, sure. She's like got no boundaries. Clearly, Chip like he kind of looks because like I said, he's not wearing any clothes. He's just gargoyle. He's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, some of the orcs wear some, some tattered stuff where I'm from. You know, there's this one minotaur that just walks around with his dick swinging. That's just horrifying. Like, he, and <laughs> oh, that's coming from I me. I ran into him, Chip. He, he, he was a lovely man. Wasn't oh, very God, helpful. he's here? God, I hope he didn't follow me. It's terrifying. <laughs> but he's not very helpful. Maybe not smart. I'm not sure. I don't know. He might have pooped in the street with, just as I was turning away. I'm not sure. But anyway, oh, enough about him, Chip. Well, like, Tell me about you. He's just like, uh, he's looking around nervously now. Chip's like, well, I mean, Mentor's pretty goddamn dumb, so I don't think he's going to be able to find me here. Whew, man, I'm going to have to keep an eye out for him, though. Don't want to run into that guy. Just like over here when I was talking to talking to this uh, kind of fruity pirate over here. Oh, yeah. She and I are going to be just girlfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, Chip kind of eyes you guys up and down. He's like, yeah, you guys definitely both share similar, uh, you know, kind of... Flamboyant fashion sense. <laughs> Sling Blade changes the color of one of her eyes. She's looking at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> accessories are just my thing. Chips, like, we're gonna have, like, do you know, like, do we have to wear uniforms? I didn't get a lot of info before I came here. Just like that weird letter. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to expect. I, actually, I don't either, Chip. We'll just have to like share info as we find out. You're such a great-looking, strong piece of rock. Like yeah, cool, 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 cool. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, go check our rooms, huh? And he's like, you are so hard. I'm hard too. Oh God. Oh, there's gonna be some weird role playing already. I can tell. <laughs> he's hard. She's hard. I just Physical. You go off and like hook up with this soft body. <laughs> you go to gay yeah. I wanted to approach that nervous looking half elf and talk to her. She's looking at she's got kinda of got her back her back to her and she's looking around, taking everything into you like go to tap her on the shoulder. I think he's gonna roll up at least attempting to be smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Thompson, you so smooth. So like, yeah, like <laughs> oh, whatever his name is, Rob Thompson. Oh yeah, y'all remember the famous singer Rob Thompson? <laughs> <laughs> Rob Thompson from yeah. uh, Box was... Fourteen. So how do you try to get her attention? I think he does the classic thing where he like taps her on the left shoulder, but he's standing to the right of her. Oh man! As he reaches out, like right before you can touch her shoulder, a little like arc of lightning jumps from her shoulder and zaps her finger, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" And she turns around, and she's like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That happens sometimes. Sorry." Uh, quickly, it's like, no, no, it's my bad. Maybe I just should have come up and said hi. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hi, my, my name's Sarissa Windhall. It, it, I was just, there's, there's so much to take in here. Yeah, first time in Sharn? I think I came here a couple of times as a kid, but no, first time really spending a lot of time here. Cool, cool, cool. Where are you from? From, she gets kind of quiet for a second. Seer, Seer originally. 
I know that place is complete. Oh yeah, the day of mourning. There's a, there's actually a holiday across Covier Day of Remembrance and Observance on the anniversary of the day of mourning. Yeah, everybody across Covier knows about the day of mourning and what happened to Seer. Because it was like God, it was God. what ended. It was like basically like the event that precipitated the end, like the the Treaty of Thronehold and the ending of the Last War. Quaklin would be like, "Ooh, geez, that's uh." So yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> just like it doesn't know what to say. He kind of looks up and like tries to change it. She's like, "Oh, but uh, like, how about you? Where are you from?" So sorry. What does Quaklin look like? Teenage human male, like short, dark hair, slender, but not really not athletic, really. Kind of just like, yeah, like a skinny indoor kid. Kind of emo. <laughs> Not so much like emo, like a rich kid who didn't, A, didn't grow up around a lot of other children, so didn't have a lot of people to like play with. Rich. Sports and stuff like that was never really his thing. Like a rich homeschool kid? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's going to lie to her. Like, he's not going to tell her any of that, like, depending on how good my deception role is. Like, yeah. <laughs> how good of a lie do you think I could tell with a 14? Ah, uh, yeah, she's no, she She seems pretty overwhelmed and pretty gullible, so she'll, she'll buy basically whatever you're selling. He's, oh, yeah, he's like, my name is Damon Thrask, House Thrask, you know, you might have heard of us. Kind of, you know, just a long line of, uh, uh, um... I'm a legacy student here, you know. <laughs> House Thrask has uh, honored Kuiper's Kiss for generation, and so yes, my application process is really just more formality than anything, you know. Just signing some papers, and here I am. So uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm, wait, uh, you didn't even tell her your real name? You made up nope. a name to tell Bold uh, This will become more clear as as we play. <laughs> it's it's very on character. Just like bigging himself up to be like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, kind of a big deal. You know, I'm the kind of person you might want to, you know, might want to hang around me if you don't want to get picked on by the, the old, the upperclassmen. You know, they're uh, they're going to give me a wide berth. It's like, oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Like it was, that was a, a pretty intimidating open, opening ceremony. Like I didn't know, like we we're just going to be like on display up there. But yeah, no, I'll, uh, uh, thanks. I, I, I really appreciate it. This is, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty scary. Like, she freaks out just a minute, like another kind of lightning bolt arcs off her shoulder towards the stage. She's like, oh, oh, God. Oh, sorry. Sorry. We should probably get in there. Yeah, he's like, cool, cool. See you around. And like gives her a wink and a finger gun. See you around, Damon. And then he, as he's walking away, he like pulls out like a small notebook and then write down Damon Thrask. One of the weird eccentricities of this world. Yeah, if you are a high-ranking member in any of the Dragonmark houses... Your name is basically like D apostrophe the house name. Like that's kind of like how they identify as high ranking members of the house. That Thrash, or however you pronounce it, Thrask, you'd be Damon de Thrask. Got it. The kind of the royalty, the kingdom used to be, Covier used to be ignited under the kingdom of Galifar, like one cohesive kind of kingdom. Old royalty from that kingdom who were still like pretty prominent fingers and in, especially around, like, Brainland and Sharn, Karnath and Endar, like, the royalty of, like, the original Five Kingdoms. If you're from from one of those royal families, your name is Ear something, I-R apostrophe something. So, like, if you hear somebody, duh, Thrask or duh, Vladis, like, they're part of that house. And if somebody's, like, Ear Tane, that means they're, like, yeah, old royalty. Three of you kind of are making your way to the dorms to find your rooms. 
Meanwhile, Isabella, like, makes her way through various winding hallways following this pretty no-nonsense half-orc who, who looks looks mean. She eventually, like, leads you back to a, a smaller door. I imagine you've got hunched over disposition to start with from growing up in a, in a mobile troop carrier as you did. He has to stoop over to get through the door, but you're able to move over pretty unfazed. It's a, it's a small office with a, a large desk for the size of the office with a small gnome kind of sitting behind it. And he's like going through some papers and he like sees you guys come in, takes off his glasses, like, please sit down and gestures one of the two chairs like in front of his desk. All right. So yeah, yeah, you sit down. Guy was, uh, yeah, puts his, puts his fingers together and kind of eyes you over and he's, I, I was surprised to see, to see this invitation considering it's been Almost 40 years since I mailed this one out. I, I send out all these letters individually, and I remember every single one. How how did this come into your your possession? Isabella, kind of, I got it from my father, and he's like, I had a feeling that was the case. <laughs> I can see his... Yeah, you, you have his same eyes. Normally, we, we don't do this. Uh, we didn't receive any payment from your father, so and normally the the invitation only goes to the those who they were addressed. But the fact that you're sitting in front of me sp- speaks to your ability. So <laughs> I'll see. No, no, you don't have the same eyes. I can see his intensity inside yours. Normally you wouldn't be allowed, considering what you must have survived to to reach. The doors of this prestigious academy speaks to your ability. I'll admit you to the school for now, as long as you don't prove me wrong. Uh, yeah, she, uh, at, at that, she's like, oh, that sounds good. The minute he pauses, you're just out of there. You reach the door, which was shut behind you, and the orc's standing in front of it, and he looks down at you for a second, but then scoops to the side and opens up the door for you and lets you lets you kind of get back to the dorms to join the rest of the students. But he does hand you a small like piece of paper with your your room assignment on you so you know where to go. folks that's going to do it for our inaugural episode of lethal lessons thank you so much for checking it out we appreciate having you here we're having a blast recording all these projects for you if you're just tuning into this uh, podcast you haven't listened to any of our other ones our flagship podcast doves and demons uh is in the same feed uh where you found this one uh as well as our other new uh podcast which is a superhero themed actual play podcast called brick throwers it is uh, modeled off the same rules that we use in our flagship uh, podcast as well. So you can find all that in the same feed where you found this. Uh, you know, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, tell your dog, you know, spread the word, folks. We're really, we really appreciate sticking with us through all of this. And uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Stay safe out there, folks. You know, we'll be doing our best to crank these out at a somewhat regular interval for your enjoyment. So, you know, sit tight and you'll be listening to us again in no time. Take care. Bye.